Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service uh, will last about an hour and in a few seconds you'll meet our hosts uh, for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we will have a time of worship and reflection, after which we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments. Now, we want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and we've got a few ways in which you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream, and if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our fairly new podcast called What's the Story, uh, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach out to us on social media at Crowd Church. If you are new to Crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website, crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Now, hi, <laughs> welcome everyone to Crowd Church. I'm Rach and this is Sharon and we are your lovely hosts today. And whenever we host Crowd Church, we sit on this beautiful sofa and then try and sit up as straight as we possibly can. <laughs> yeah, we were looking at the counter going down and went, I went, oh, we've got a few seconds and we both went, sit <laughs> <So laughs> straight, we were slouching. <sighs> so welcome, it's great to see you. Um, so we're doing this, aren't we, on a Sunday, Sunday the 16th, but if you're joining us in the week, equally welcome. And as Matt says in the intro, this is a digital digital church for people on the faith journey. Um, welcome if you can say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Welcome to those of you who are definitely saying, I'm on the journey, I've got questions. We're all welcome, aren't we? So it's great to see you. Yeah. So, hi, hope you're well. Yeah. So what are we doing today, Shaz? Today we've got a talk by Jack Mariner, um, and he's going to be continuing our journey into John, which is one of the books in the Bible. So he'll talk about that. After that, we're going straight into a, a worship song, which is called Worthy of It All. I've got my notes here. Mm -hmm. uh, and after that, it's going to be me and Rach again, just chatting about the talk and what we thought about it, mm -hmm. hopefully answering any of your comments. Or hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so please do comment all the way through and we'll try and pick up on what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And um, if you're thinking it is a question, just type it in the chat and, you know, we'll respond um, accordingly, won't we? Yeah. yeah. I've already listened to the talk twice, mm. actually. I've got my notes here. 
Uh, and underneath that, I've got my hot water bottle because we've not got our heating on yet. <laughs> Nicely camouflaged, if you notice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyone else got their heating on yet? We haven't. <laughs> we've just got a blower heater and that's about it. Yeah, but um, yeah, let, let's enjoy this time together. And um, has anyone done anything nice on this day? You know, if you've been for a walk or if you've had any nice food or, you know, what's the weather like outside your window? It's been quite nice and all to me. Um, here in Liverpool, but um, depending on where you're living, just let us know. Be, be nice to know that as well. Yeah, cool. cool. Shall we go into the talk? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's have Jack talking about John, the book. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name's Jack and it's great to be with you as we're looking at John chapter 6 where Jesus says, I am the bread of life and my first thoughts were gluten-free followers of Jesus I'm sorry uh, but you might have to skip out what we've got to offer today I was thinking of an appropriate alternative something like Jesus saying I'm the rice cake of life um, but it just doesn't seem to to have the same ring to it does it but of course I'm joking and uh, with many of Jesus teachings the thing is not the thing he was using language and imagery of bread at that time to help communicate something of this higher paradigm that they would have understood at that time. So let's unpack it and see what he's got to say for us today. So Jesus is talking to his followers here in John. He has just fed the 5,000 with bread and fish, that famous passage. And now in this passage, he announces himself as the bread of life. So why bread? And what does he mean by this? Well, Jesus uses the image of bread because over in, in all the world, and particularly at that time for first century Jews that Jesus was speaking to, bread was this essential part of life. In fact, the Bible mentions bread over 490 times. Bread was key at that time. It was essential for survival. They had so many different varieties, um, different types they used in different occasions. But for those in the ancient Near East, bread was life. It is what they ate. They didn't have this varied diet we have now. Simply put, without bread, there was no life. What's more, breaking bread, that tradition of breaking bread together, was an important part of family life, of community life. It was a symbol of life in the relational sense, as well as physical and in their diet. So Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. I am life. Come to me. I'll give you life. And I want to unpack why that is so fundamental for us in 2000 years later, 2022. So to understand it, the language, the imagery used, we just need to expand our mind a little bit. And you know, this figurative and metaphorical language exists, not just here, but in many places throughout the Bible. We have it in the Psalms, when they write in poems to express their emotions. And Jesus used it in the parables, like um, all throughout the gospels, um, these images, these metaphors, they're a part of how God speaks. And they communicate heavenly concepts that are difficult to put into words. And they help by providing these concrete images to help us grasp those abstract ideas. So this image here about bread, well, let's have a look at the text. Verse 30 to 31, the disciples say, show us a miraculous sign. They want a sign for us to believe. Um, they, they asked Jesus, what can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. Scripture says God gave them bread from heaven to eat. And if you don't know the story the disciples are referring to, um, this whole passage, this couple of chapters, 
references this story in in the wilderness. There was this time where uh, the Jewish people, the Israelites, are wandering in this desert land. And as with all deserts, there were there was this lack of food and water. And their leader Moses prayed, and God provided food for the people miraculously from heaven, not just once, but every day. And the disciples want Jesus to do something similarly amazing to prove himself to them. And Jesus replied to them, and I guess this is a paraphrase, he's like, you want bread from heaven? Well, I am bread from heaven. You're looking at him. You want that? I'm here. I'm the guy. Uh, Verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And I love that verse. We we love those sorts of verses, don't we? We like the idea of not being in need and someone meeting all our needs. Well, God is our provider. And that is not really the point here, though. He, he goes on, verse 48, he says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors, yes, they ate manna in the wilderness, but look, they died. I'm not talking about just feeding you food and giving you food. Anyone who wants the bread from heaven, however, will never die. And in that story of the Israelites in the desert, God provided amazingly and abundantly to meet their physical needs. And, you know, that was wonderful. Um, and God can still provide for our needs today. But Jesus is saying, I will do much more than meet your physical needs. I will give you eternal life. He says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In verse 35. So this is not actually about the needs of our physical bodies. Jesus is really talking about the needs of our spirit, our biggest needs, our our most intrinsic needs. He's talking about eternal life. Just as bread is the essential element in the human diet, Jesus says that he himself is the foundation for spiritual life. Jesus gives us spiritual and eternal life. Okay, so it is only at this point that Jesus then explains how he gives this life. Um, And later we're going to see how we can receive it. So verse 51, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus is talking here about his own death. You know, it's easy to read this. Now we know fully the story that he went, uh, that Jesus had to die and rise again. But Jesus said this while he was still alive. He predicts or prophesies his death. He says this is going to happen um, and it's needed for life to be given. Need, my, my life needs to be given for others to have life. In other words, without my death, no one else can live. You know, just as corn in the field has to be cut down and crushed to make bread, which brings life and sustenance. So Jesus was killed. He suffered and he died on that cross so that we can have eternal life. And there was just no other way for it to happen. This is a reminder that You know, our good deeds do not give us spiritual life. Our best efforts do not give us life. Now, Jesus knew that he would have to die. He would have to be crushed in order to pay the price for our wrongs. And on that cross, he brought us life. Now, the bread is his flesh and his flesh was given. His death brought life into the world. And this is the unique a beautiful thing about our Christian faith. It is nothing to do with us and everything to do with him. He was that perfect sacrifice. He led a perfect life and he died to take the place of us on that cross. So Jesus brings us life 
by his death. Okay, so now we're getting to the good bit. Uh, and I hope you're ready for this because Jesus doesn't just claim to be one among many things that bring life. Jesus claims to be the bread of life. He's not just the best batch, the best dough. He is the bread of life. And this is the message I think our world so desperately needs. Our world that is on the one hand obsessed with self and what they can achieve and success and looking after myself. And on the other hand, trying to just provide afraid, focus on survival, fear of economic, economic uncertainty. On either hand, people are looking for more. They're searching for life. Maybe they believe in God, maybe they don't. And Jesus is saying, whoever you are, whatever your circumstances, whatever your outlook on life, come to me. I am the bread of life. I am all you need. Stop looking elsewhere for your sustenance, your purpose, your meaning. You want to know how to live? You want a life of significance, a happy life, a peaceful life? I am. I am the source of life. I am. I am. And I love those two words. Those two words are really significant in the Bible. I am. Um, God, when trying to explain who he is, well, when he was when he made himself known to mankind, he couldn't find better words than those two. I am. He is the most constant thing that has ever lived. The anchor. You know, about Three, uh, 1300 years before Jesus was born, Moses and God were having this conversation in Exodus 3, 13 to 14. And God had just told Moses to go and tell his people that their deliverance was near. He was about to come to the rescue. And Moses was like, who shall I say you are to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So God, the great I am is now being used by John. He's demonstrating that that same I am in Exodus was now physically standing in front of the people, ready to be their shepherd, ready to be their bread of life and their truth and their way. Jesus is the great I am, the beginning and the end. And just as God, the word spoke life into being at the beginning of time, so into our world right now, Jesus' words come to bring us life. Jesus' life and death has brought us life. And that is, it's not one of many options that we can take. It's not a guess at what we need. Jesus didn't guess at what we need. He knew and he knows. He is the creator. He says, I am the creator. God. I am the foundation of this world. I am the source of life. And all we have to do to accept this is believe in him. Listen to this in verse 29. The disciples say, how do we live a godly life? And the response is, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in me. Believe that my life, my death and my resurrection will bring you eternal life. And that's what will bring you life. And that's what eating the bread of life looks like. Believe. So how can we respond to Jesus today? Well, firstly, it's as simple as just saying, Jesus, I believe. And perhaps you find that easy. Perhaps you've made that decision a long time ago and you, you pray that prayer. You thank him that his body was broken, his blood poured out. You thank him for that on a maybe daily or regular basis. But maybe you're unsure. And that's um, the invitation, I guess, that Jesus invites you to today. He says, come and taste. See for yourself. But it starts with a step of faith. If you've never said yes, if you never have said, yes, I believe in Jesus, then you're in the right place. You know, Jesus welcomes you with open arms. 
just drop us a message if that's you and you're unsure, you'd just like to know a bit more. We'd love to share some ideas about how to, how you can get to know Jesus a bit more. So we say yes to Jesus. That's our first response. But, you know, it's not just a one-time meal we need, is it? You know, that's not the sort of life that Jesus is offering. Can you imagine only eating once a, a week? Um, that would lead to a very miserable life, if you ask me. Jesus wants to give us our daily bread. Otherwise, we'll run dry. It's why he said to, to pray, Father, give us our daily bread. And that story of manna from heaven with the Israelites in the wilderness, it wasn't just for fun. It revealed this spiritual necessity. It's how we are wired, hardwired deep into us is a need for a daily relationship, daily doses of spiritual bread. And so often we get good spiritual feed. We have a, a good talk or we encounter a good sunrise or we feel closer to God as we worship him. And then we can go days or weeks or months without a good feed. Anyone like relate to that? Hoping that we would be sustained um, by that thing then and that would sustain us now. But Here's the thing, we need to feed daily on Jesus. You know, we can't store spiritual food like an animal, puts on fat for the winter to to keep it alive and and, um, thriving uh, so that it can survive. But look what happened when the Israelites tried to hoard the manna. In Exodus 16, 19 to 20, Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it for the morning. God wants to provide daily, but they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning and it bred worms and stunk. And Moses was angry with them. You know, I relate to them, but our spirits need fresh daily nourishment that comes from a living relationship with Jesus. He designed us for regular daily communion with him. And that is how he's wired us. And that is the source of life he's offering. And so my question is, what are you feeding on at the moment? And how is it bringing your life? You know, for many, the answers are, are so varied for this. I love that we can encounter God and feed on him by reading his word, by being in silence and hearing his voice, in, in worshipping him, in prayer. We encounter him when we meet together with others like this or in homes to pray and to look at scriptures together. We can encounter him by serving others, by feeding the home, the, the, the hungry, by, by welcoming in the widow and the orphan, by doing the things in the places that he is, he, that's food for us. But I want to end with a final thought. I think for many of us, daily encounters with Jesus, whether we're at home or outside, they can feel like a rule. And when we don't do it, we can feel rubbish and condemned. Anyone feel like that? Oh, I never spend enough time with God. or I just can't get around to it. Life's so busy. But if that's you, Jesus said, I have come to give life, not condemnation. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn, but in order to save. Jesus wants to bring life. He can bring life into your life right now. Salvation, not condemnation. He is the bread of life. So I invite you to start today afresh and plan what you'll do tomorrow. Prepare when you'll do it and put it into practice. You know, whether it's reading the Bible at breakfast and taking two minutes just to pause and say, God, I give you my day. Help me live for you or just waiting on him and listening to see his direction for the day. Maybe it's going to bed 15 minutes earlier than normal and journeying um, or journaling even as a helpful way of praying to God or enjoying just praying throughout your day in in different ways. Maybe setting a little alarm on your phone at one o'clock and four o'clock just to check in with God. What you'll find is that doing these things, these disciplines each day, 
they soon become a habit. And what happens with a habit after a while is that it develops into a lifestyle that will bring you spiritual life. And yes, it takes time, uh, but it is part of being a mature disciple of Jesus. Just as a child takes time to develop it physically and mentally into an adult, uh, so too it can take us time to develop spiritual maturity where we learn to self-feed. So just in summary, as we draw to a close, Jesus is the great I am and he is the bread and the only bread of life. He has come to give life. All we need to do is believe in him. Say yes to him. And I want to invite you, if you've never said, Jesus, I believe as I am right now, um, if that's you, then just get in touch. We'd love to connect with you. And for those who know Jesus, how are you feeding on him this week? And is there anything from today that has stood out to you that you might want to respond to? Thanks for listening.
thanks to Jack Mariner for the talk and to John and Anna Grace Farrington for the song. If that song's new to you and you're uh, looking at the line that said, day and night let incense arise and you're wondering what on earth is that talking about? Mm. There's a passage in the Bible that talks about the incense from the temple and the prayers of God's people or just people going up to heaven. And I just love the imagery of that. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, just before we get into the discussion on the talk, uh, we just want to say hi to a few people that we've seen in the comments. So hi to Dave and Miriam. Uh, we've got uh, Matt Edmondson, my husband, uh, doing all the tech behind the scenes for us. Mm -hmm. Hi to Matt Crew. Hi to Nicola. It sounds like your day so far has been a mixture of food, friends and leaf clearing. <laughs> I'm sure there's other bits as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry if we've missed anyone. These are the ones that we can see. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, to the talk, Rach. Yeah. Um, one of the things, like, so the question that Jack asked at the end was about what bits of the talk stood out to us. And one of the things that stood out to me was that whole thing about Jesus saying that he's life. And I think partly because in the past, I'm not sure if it's the same now, that I think Christians or Christianity has been seen more as kicking the life out of things and being severe and taking all the joy and fun out of life. But mm. this is saying the complete opposite, mm -hmm. that Jesus came to give life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it because we've heard the talk before, haven't we? So we're having the chat. And um, Jesus is the source of all life. He was around when life began. In, he's part of creation and so um, he is life and so I think to connect with him and to connect with the, the source of all life is the most freeing wonderful thing and yeah you're right I think Christianity's had quite a bad press hasn't it through various things in history and um, maybe perceptions and things that people have said in the past mm -hmm. But he is a life bringer. And um, what does that actually look like in your life? Because we can talk about it, but what, what does it actually mean that Jesus is life and gives us life? Well, I think he gives us a new start. I think he brings in um, a totally different perspective than maybe to what's normally around us or inside of us. And um, he, it, it's like, I sort of view it that um, our, 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 who we are was made to be connected to him. So mm -hmm. it's the bit of us that connects to him on a sort of, almost like a, an unseen level mm -hmm. that then brings life and brings him into everything, who we are, what we do, what we think, yeah. um, what we end up doing with our lives. And... Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's it is more of an adventure and interesting than I think. Yeah, people might think if yeah. they don't know him. Yeah, I think there's a misconception as well that um, faith is just to be kept as a separate part to the rest of life. But the Bible doesn't talk about it like that way at all. It's like God is the one who brought life to everything that we see around us and to every part of us, our mm. spirit our soul, our emotions, mm -hmm. our thinking, 
our relationships, the way we do work, the way we do everything, and that mm. God has got stuff to say about all of those areas. Mm. And I think as we connect with him and we listen to him on all of those areas, mm. it starts to transform all areas of our life. Mm. But the question I do have from that then mm. is, does that mean, Rach, that since you've become Christian, that life is full of all like joy and loveliness and <laughs> fabulousness all the time? No, of course not. <laughs> and, and it does say in the Bible that um, there will be hardships and trials and difficulties and feeling like people are getting at you. And it does say that. So, um, but I, th I think the promise that is always there is that when we are with Jesus eternally, he will... Um, either bring sense to it all or it won't matter anymore but there's um, there's a beautiful verse in the Bible that says that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and that um, he will restore everything to how it was meant to be mm -hmm. and so that is like a hope that when you're going through the really tough times you might even just hold on to you with your fingertips or even at times feel like you've let go of mm -hmm. and then God will hopefully well god will remind you and me of of that promise but no it doesn't mean like oh look i've got the perfect life not at all but what it does mean is that we've got the life bringer the bread of life jesus with us through it all yeah and that's the main difference yeah. and we're not on our own even when other people around us might not be there in the way that we want them to be we're not on our own yeah one uh, we were talking earlier about one of the phrases that we hear quite often in our church is that God's kingdom, his way of doing things is both now, it's for our lives now, but it's also not yet. And that yeah. what we have now on this earth is only like uh, a partial, um, yeah, a partial thing and that he, he does come into our lives and transform it. But actually there are still many things in the world that are wrong yeah. that, and we're interacting with the world all the time. And we come across, we come up against yeah. all that stuff that's wrong and all yeah. the pain and the, yeah, all the other stuff that goes with it. But at some point, like you said, yeah. God's going to sort all of that out as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's great having that hope. It is. Yeah. And it is a comfort, you know, if you've lost loved ones as well. And um, yeah, it's, it's a great comfort, I think. And God is our comforter. So yeah so another question on that because i'll have a question so can you give an example of one area in your life of where jesus has brought life to you like a specific example yeah i've not prepped you for that no. so I'm a bit on the spot <laughs> um i think well when i first became a christian the biggest thing that god did for me that um, i realized that Jesus died for me and rose again and dealt with everything was knowing that I'm loved um, beyond anything that my family who are amazing could ever give me and it was such a different unconditional love that I'd never experienced before and that was that was just like I can still remember where I was what I was doing and that just sense of um, pure acceptance from all through me, just going through me. And so I think um, that's when I felt for the first time fully alive. I was quite young at the time, actually. Mm -hmm. But um, 
and I hadn't particularly had loads of trauma to speak of in my life that other people may go through but that acceptance was just absolutely incredible um and to know that I'm loved by a pure heavenly mm -hmm. fatherly love was amazing and I think by somebody who actually really knows what we're like deep down yeah. and who still loves us yeah. enough to come and come down and suffer in a horrible way to say actually I can see the things that are not right in your life and actually I'm I'm mm. gonna do something about it I think yeah, yeah it's like we yeah. don't have to hide who we are and the bits of our lives that we're not proud of the things we don't have to hide the things we're ashamed of with him because he yeah. knows already and yeah 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 so yeah that was my first major thing for me but I think as well like I mean I'm 50 now I am 50 and um, I think still realizing again that at this stage of life that Jesus um, wants to be involved in every part of my life and I think sometimes you can go on autopilot and it's a bit like Jack said you can have your your feast on Sunday or whenever you might connect with church or and with other people and encourage each other and then almost think oh I can just bob along and not sort of spend time with this wonderful Jesus during the week and I think it's going no yeah I really want to spend time and make that effort and um Matt shared on the on the feed at the bottom um the three p's that Jack said I'll see if I can find them now was it plan plan prepare practice plan prepare and practice and so I found myself thinking, okay, this is how I do spend time, um, maybe in prayer or reading my Bible at the moment, but actually what do I want to change or do more of? Or And I think it, they're good questions to ask, aren't they? So do you have an answer to those questions? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be working on it. Some ideas. Yeah, I think I listen to an app every day, um, a prayer app. Um, on my phone. What's it called? It's called Lectio 365 and I really like that. Is it a free app? It's free. So if anyone wants to connect with that. Yeah, yeah. you can just look it up. Lectio, L -E Matt can put it on the chat. <laughs> um, so I really enjoy that and then I am enjoying a book at the moment about Jesus and thinking about him and actually that's helping me to get to know him more but also I think I would I would like to um, maybe have a, a prayer sort of rhythm, they call it, a bit of a jargony word, but I'd like to have a bit more of a plan about how I pray, mm -hmm. pray, sorry, pray, yeah, how mm -hmm. I talk to God. I chat to God a lot in the day, mm -hmm. but I find it very difficult to sit still and be quiet. It doesn't come naturally. It used to come naturally to me. I do find <laughs> it more of a struggle now. I don't really know why. I yeah. think just... Uh, I think for, for me things have changed over time and I'll connect with God one way for a certain amount of time and then I'll switch it up and do something different. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, I think I, I read an encouraging thing about a woman who died, who lived in the 1300s, so a long time ago, and I think she was a nun and for 20 years it was part of the sort of plan if you like 
that you had to try and spend an hour with God um, in prayer. And she said she used to watch the clock for that hour and go, <laughs> when's it going to be up? And then after 20 years, things seemed to go. And then oh, all wow. things opened up. But it encouraged me, you know, at whatever age and stage we're at, I do think that um, there can be moments when things maybe fall into place a bit more and yeah. we connect with Jesus a bit more yeah and that was encouraging I definitely have found that like I said things have changed there's been periods of time where I've just really like studied something in the bible because it's like I've got loads of questions and I want to know the answers and I'll do like a deep dive and I'll get really into it for ages and I'll get loads out of it and feel like I'm like connecting with God and then I'll get to the point of saturation and just go no I don't I'll do that anymore yeah and then do something else but then I there have been times when I've found it easy to connect with God and times when actually I find it really hard and yeah. it feels like a slog yeah and I think that's okay so if you are if you are a Christian already and things don't always go easy on that I think just take heart and know that Possibly every other Christian has felt like that at some point. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Matt's just um, put on the chat in quotes. Rachel finds it difficult to sit still and be quiet with laughing emojis. I don't know what you're saying, Matt. <laughs> what are you saying? No, I do. <laughs> I am, um, but because when it talks about, we looked up the Greek word for life, didn't we? Yeah, we looked it up. So Shaz has got some interesting facts yeah, on that. So the Go Greek on. word that is used here, it's actually used 126 times in the New Testament, and it's actually the word Zoe. And my lovely husband, Matt, who's doing all the background stuff today, um, before I even knew him, had done a study on this Greek word in the Bible and was so inspired by what he found there about what the God kind of life means, which is what that word Zoe is. It's the God kind of life, which is the most amazing life that he said, if I ever have a daughter, I'd like to call her Zoe. And uh, it's just as well, so this was before I even knew him. Uh, so it's just as well that when we did get together that I actually like that name. Yeah. And so we have a daughter called Zoe. Lovely. Who's, yeah, 15 now. Yeah. But yeah, but that's why she's called Zoe. Yeah. And in it, when we read it, it said about um, physical life and almost like the, other a metaphorical life if you like but it talks about exuberance and um fullness mm -hmm. and I, I just think that's something that is really clear in this message there's an exuberance and fullness to life through knowing jesus that we will never find anywhere else and i think we're all everyone's searching for that fullness and um i think we can think that we can get it in other ways, like through stuff or through work or through um, relationships, natural relationships. Yeah. But actually, first and foremost, fullness of life comes from knowing Jesus. Yeah. I've heard it many times of people who are completely successful in their field, whatever that is, whether it's as a business person or in the medical field or as a footballer or being famous, and they get to the top and then realize it's actually really empty. Mm. And all the things that the world kind of portrays as, if you've got all these things and you're really living the life, actually are pretty empty when it comes down to it. And, and it is in Jesus, the source of life, that we do have that life, even though, like we've said before, that doesn't mean that life is easy mm. and that we don't have hard times, because we do. 
uh, we just have to look at the life of most of the people in the Bible. That, yeah. Yeah, to find out that things that can be tough, even when you are Jesus following himself. God. Jesus himself. Yeah. Look at what Jesus went through and what people said about him and ultimately what they did to him. So, yeah. We can, um, so many examples. Yeah. John the Baptist. Yeah. Thrown in prison. Yeah. Paul, thrown yeah. in prison, shipwrecked. Yeah. All for following God. Yeah. yeah. Matt's just shared um, John 10, 10 verse. It's a very famous verse in the New Testament. And it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, that's Jesus, came that they may have life, in brackets Zoe, and have it abundantly. And I think um, that would be, I, I think we both go, yeah, we agree with yeah. that. We agree with that. That was actually one of the passages that kept me going. Uh, I've shared many times about how even after I'd become a Christian, because I still didn't really understand about um, dealing with the past and just actually letting God into each area of my life, I was a big mess for quite a while and when God began to sort help me sort through that it was actually very very difficult and those verses just really helped me to keep going because there was that sense of no keep going with God and this is what he's going to bring me he's not going to leave me depressed and anxious and with all this other stuff mm. but um but yeah but he he does want to bring life yeah yeah just when you were talking, Shaz, it reminded me of another promise in the Bible. And it says that if we seek God with all our hearts, we'll find him. Mm. And um, that was one of my encouraging verses for, for a number of years, actually. Mm. Um, and so God knows our hearts and he knows what's going on inside of us. And if we say to him, God, I want more of you, he'll go, yeah, I can see that. Mm. Um let's journey more together so i hope they're they're both big encouragements aren't they both yeah. of them yeah yeah and, and and they do i think help us to hold on in those times when actually everything else seems crazy and difficult and hard and mm -hmm. just to help uh to be able to see beyond that and to yeah look further as to what God has for us is really, really helpful sometimes. Mm, I agree. Was there anything else that stood out to you from the talk? Um, I love the way he linked um, in the Old Testament, so in the bit of the Bible before Jesus was born, it talks about um, when the Israelites were in the desert and God provided daily manna mm -hmm. every day. So he provided something fresh for them every day. Mm -hmm. and um, and then he connects when God reveals himself as I am, he connects that with Jesus again in the New Testament as revealing himself as this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think I know that God has something fresh for me, for us every day. Um, I would like to be more aware of that, Yeah, that there's definitely. something fresh of God every day. And how how do we be more open. Mm. So if anyone's got any thoughts, mm. add them. Because <laughs> I'd like to learn more. <laughs> I definitely find it easy to get distracted yeah. by things. Yeah, yeah. But um, I've, I've heard people share all sorts of um, ideas um, and that some people are better in the mornings and the evenings, aren't they? And um, 
yeah, so I think it's about how do I spend time where I can be quiet enough to listen to God and go, God, what fresh thing have you got? Mm-hmm. Or is there a fresh um, thing I need to understand or just your goodness that I need to accept today? So are you a morning or evening person? <laughs> evening. <laughs> I'd say I'm a morning person as long as it doesn't involve talking to anybody. <laughs> I love my mornings, <laughs> but still prefer to be just left to myself with my thoughts all the time. Maybe add that on the chat, are you a morning or evening person? But thankfully we can talk to God all through the day. Um, sometimes the only quiet place you might get is when you knit to the loo. Uh, and I think a lot of people pray in the loo, so <laughs> that's another idea. Mm. Just trying to think if there was any other bits. I've got lots of highlighted bits here. Uh, I think I've kind of covered. Yeah, I think we've covered most of it. Yeah. Have you got anything else left to say? No, it's just good thinking and talking about the, what Jack's shared, isn't it? And. Um, I think probably it's a lifelong talk Mm -hmm. to hold on to Mm -hmm. that Jesus, abundant life is in Jesus and he is the bread of life, Mm -hmm. physical, metaphorical, Mm -hmm. everything, you know. Are there any more comments to pick up on? I can't see them, it's just on Rachel's phone. So Um, so your um, (laughs) back calls the toilet the throne room. Yeah, yeah, we, we do call it his throne room. Okay. Um, okay. You may or may not spend quite a lot of time in there. Okay. Um, so Matt is a morning person, but he used to be an evening person. Yeah. Oh, it'd be, it'd be yeah. nice to know how that changed. And that was me changed. Oh, I think okay. we've kind of met a little bit in the middle because okay. I used to be totally morning person, happy to talk at that point, whereas now I stay up later than I used to. And I'm, I still prefer the morning, but like I say, I prefer not to talk to people in it. So, yeah, yeah. we've kind of merged over time. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know this, but my husband is a morning person. Yeah, he gets up before the birds, I think. So. <laughs> if I had a pound for every time, he said, oh, it was a lovely sunrise this morning. But anyway. Yeah, I'm definitely not that much of a morning person. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway it seems like we've kind of we run to the natural end of our discussion little announcement next week so next yeah so james sloan carrying on the uh our uh, talks in the book of john next week so do come along for that um yeah and if you do want to connect with us we do look at the comments during the week even though it's not live so yeah, please do connect if you want to know any more, if you've got any questions or if you'd like us to pray for you. We do pray in the week for uh, people who write in too. Yeah. So yeah. Great. Lovely to be with you today. Yeah. Uh, I hope to be with you again next week. Uh, that's it for now. Bye. Bye.